five, four, three, two, one, zero. All engine running. Liftoff. We have a liftoff. of Geek Garage Ghosts of the Movies in a long time. It feels yes. like it's been like 10 years uh, Yes. in movie time. What's movie time? There would be a montage. Oh, of, oh yeah. Of boring shit. Right. Right. Yeah, that, that we can just kind of glaze over. Yeah. And... So, a uh, high level view. As we mentioned on the last pod, David just got done moving. Uh, yes. We are recording from the new studio, which is basically the rumpus room. Yes. Called out. Uh, but it's nice. It's a nice, nice setup. Uh, you're still in the process of getting settled, but it's it's good. I'm liking what I've seen so far. Yeah, I there's mean, a door. That's a plus right there. Right. Yeah, yeah. that was something that I could not mm-hmm. say from the old studio. That there was no old studio. That there, was your kitchen. Right. Yeah. We just oh, <laughs> scared the shit. Out of me. <laughs> Sorry, my son is. is Speaking of now having a door, yeah. uh, he can now record- effectively ignore his children. <laughs> <laughs> right, uh, every father's dream. Yes, um, and and he is now peering in from the 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 glass French doors uh, that you may have noticed in the pictures that I posted on social media. He has not quite figured out the art of the doorknob yet, so we have at least another month of safe recording in this studio. This is our safe space studio. Right. So no judgment zone right here. Yeah. But again, congrats on the new place. It's, it's looking you. good. I know uh, once you're completely settled, it'll be the bomb, as yes. the children say. If they still say that, I don't know. I don't. I don't know. I, it, I, I I don't really pay attention to what the kids say nowadays. I'm old, so I have no idea. And you know how I know I'm old? I learned that when we went to a Kayakon. <laughs> yeah. So for those of you that met us at a Kayakon, you're none of you were listening, so it doesn't matter. <laughs> <laughs> Our Akaya-Con uh, was such a disaster through no fault of the convention. You know, that was definitely 100% on us. No, we were just 100% unprepared. Not prepared whatsoever. Unprepared yeah. completely. Which is ridiculous because I've been to conventions before like Akaya-Con, mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. specifically Akaya-Con mm-hmm. and MTAC. Mm-hmm. And I knew exactly what we needed to do. Um, but and then we did none of those things. Right. <laughs> we did We did some, but not the biggest, most important things. In fact, things we like, completely blew off registration. You straight up were like, yeah, we'll be there Saturday. Maybe. Probably. No. <laughs> okay, as far as registration goes, we registered. We... <laughs> We just didn't show up at the appropriate time. We, we showed up. We like, strolled in like bosses the next day. Like, where's right, that shit? Right. And then we had to wait like idiots at the desk because yeah. nobody was expecting us. No, we we definitely suffered this <laughs> yeah. the the, yeah. the circumstance. So joke is on us as usual. Right. But uh, I definitely I'm so bad at names. I can't remember the names of of, of um the the lady that checked us in and it helped us get set up so uh, i've actually been trying to find out her last name her first name was lauren um mm-hmm. and i'm sure she's probably good with us not putting her full name out there sure so yeah. uh, lauren from akaya thank you a lot that yeah was, that you're was the awesome. best if you happen to be listening or go you, back you did take one of our buttons and put it on your jacket which that's basically like the podcast version of going study so thank you for that right thank yeah. you i'm pretty sure she has a husband who's probably going to you probably kicked my ass. <laughs> nah. You were a nice lady, so thank you for yes. all your help. Uh, as well as your unpaid intern, Bree, was a lot of help as well. Uh, I don't know any of the other names of any of the people that were, uh, worked there, but uh, everybody was really nice. The people from Evansville, from the other convention, were super cool too. Didn't get any of their names. Sorry about that. 
um, to the short, uh, buzzed-cutted woman who yeeted our table. <laughs> that was the highlight of the weekend, basically. It was. Uh, <laughs> she yeah, just basically she... commandeered our table, and we were like, you know what, fuck it, just take it. Just take it. <laughs> right, yeah, the, the booth right next to us, the, the, the folks uh, running the con that, that's mm. from Evansville, uh, they were doing this. Like a um, giveaway and like a trivia thing. And it, it was a, a, not a tic-tac-toe, but um, a bingo. Bing, oh, yeah, a photo yeah. bingo. Yeah, 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 where you had to get like selfies with different, um, you know, fandoms and stuff. Mm. And Extremely she, popular. Right, and and she, she uh, I mean, she was getting all of them, but uh, she used our table. As, That's like her uh, command center. Right, to, to post yeah. up and put like her, her cosplay props and stuff mm-hmm. while she. She was a very intense person also. Like, Indeed. I'm a very intense person. I was like, yo, this bitch crazy. <laughs> right. I, I feel, I mean, I'm, I can't exactly remember what she was cosplaying as. but A, a uh, devil or a demon of some sort? Yeah, I feel like she would have been a pretty good Furiosa uh, yeah. cosplay. Oh, yeah, that would, yeah, that's a good one. That's a and, good call. And, of course, not just because of the buzz cut. Um, that did help. Yes, I, I, it definitely doesn't hurt. Although she did have both her arms, so she's going to have to really commit to that one. Right, yeah, or, or have, you know, some sort of... Uh, prosthetic uh, we're prosthesis. Method. We're method. Oh, okay. My bad. My bad. <laughs> uh, but again, thank you to all the people at KaiCon. We did get to meet a few people. Unfortunately, um, you know, we can't remember everybody's names. But uh, thank you to the people we did meet. Right. That uh, took our buttons and said they would subscribe. Thank you for lying to us. That made us feel good for the weekend. Uh, right. We didn't make it Sunday due to some stuff outside of our control. But uh, that's not here nor there. We have a couple other things coming up that we're going to try and get to. The first is GalaxyCon up in Louisville, Mm -hmm. right? Louisville, Kentucky. Yep. Um, We reached out to get some stuff going about being uh, involved in that in some capacity. We will have a banner by then, hopefully, maybe a couple of them. Yeah, that was was our key missing ingredient for a KaiCon is Mm -hmm. some sort of... Also personality and charisma. Those are the other missing ingredients of success. Yeah, you know, like uh, the ability to To talk talk to to passerbys. Yeah. It, it also doesn't doesn't hurt to have something that says who you are, like a banner. Right, so to that, get that takes attention. away some of the stranger danger, I guess you could say, of, right. of two random men. One of them who is a giant at right. the convention. Like, people literally had to get, like, you know, face-to-face with us to see who the fuck we were. Yeah. Because the, the only indication as to who we were were our buttons, and we had buttons our to give away. Our eight and a half by 11 printed out. <laughs> Flyers. Right, right. We, which did not have our logo it on did it. not have the logo or the name. <laughs> Again, me winning. Prepared, super. Yes. Uh, but it was a lot of fun. Thank you to everybody who came by the table and yes, talked for a while. Um, if you're new to the podcast, um, this is our movie-specific edition. Yeah. Um, again, we're going to try and be at um, GalaxyCon in Louisville. We're also going to try and shoot for Yamacon and Pigeon Forge. That's in December, I think it is. And that'll kind of round up the year. Of course, we'll be back at MTAC next year, mm-hmm. uh, next spring. We had a lot of fun. I had a lot of fun. That was my first time going this last year. I had a, I had a ton of fun. A ton of fun. Too much fun, probably, <laughs> in some ways. But that's that's the name of the game. Yeah. Well, yeah. We did the guerrilla marketing for MTAC uh, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. for this year. And we're going to see about doing uh, uh, be, uh, being in the artist slash vendor alley right. this year. Uh, or for 2020. And uh, it's it's one of the one of the most popular conventions here in Middle Tennessee. So sure. they they have a very long legacy list of vendors and artists yeah. that have been coming for a while. So I think their spots are pretty limited. So it, we may or may not, but uh, uh, 
may or may not have a artist table, like an but, official table, right? Or but if that's we're, the, we're definitely going to be there regardless. Right. Yeah, because it's still a good time for sure. Um, uh, one thing that was cool. One one last thing about the Kai we'll move on. That I thought was cool is there were a few people that were like, "Hey, I remember you guys at MTAC. Yeah, and I'm choosing to take that in a positive way. <laughs> uh, we we really have uh, no other choice. But yeah. To yeah, hope for the best. Uh, I, I'm assuming positive intent because they didn't scream and run away or call security or or one of the yes. one of the weird I police officers. You from con- <laughs> as tears come down their face. Yeah, they were there. And it was terrible, right. and their podcast is shit. And <laughs> <laughs> uh, scene. But, uh, <laughs> uh, it was it was a ton of fun. Um, so in addition to all that on the hiatus, I know we saw a bunch of movies both individually and we saw a few together. So I guess we'll talk about those. Right. Um, which one do you want to talk about first? Uh, let's, let's talk about, um, well, there's basically Midsommar and, yeah. uh, the Art, the Art of Self-Defense. We saw both of those. Are those the only two we saw together? I, I think so. I think you're right. Yeah. Let's, yeah. let's start with Midsommar. Okay. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so Midsommar is a follow-up to Hereditary from director Ari Oster. Mm-hmm. Aster, I'm not, I'm not Ari sure. Aster. Ari yeah. Aster. That's a strange... The A's. Anyway. Right, because it kind of sounds like Ari Asshole. Your words. <laughs> um, his his much-anticipated follow-up to Hereditary, which, despite its many flaws, I enjoyed a lot. That was one of my top, I'd say probably top three or five movies of 2018. Mm-hmm. Um, very deeply unsettling the first time I saw it. Uh, very good movie, but enough about that. Midsommar is his follow-up. It's very, like I said, very um, highly anticipated at the time. It's been out for a couple of months now, I want yeah. to say. It came out in June, so it may not even be in theaters anymore, but it's definitely worth checking out. Mm-hmm. Um, what, David, what were your thoughts on it? So, I had a lot of... It, it was definitely one of those movies where my thoughts evolved quite a bit over time as I as I thought about it. And the... It, my thoughts didn't really evolve from like, oh, I love this to mm, maybe it wasn't as great as I, now that I've thought about it a little bit more, it it wasn't one of those things. Mm -hmm. It was just kind of thinking about it in different lights right? as as time goes on and you kind of consider certain things. Mm -hmm. Um, But with all that said, it has been, you know, a little bit since I have just in general thought about it. Right. So with all that said, I, um, kind of keep it brief and and just kind of mm. broad strokes. Uh, I liked it. I didn't like it as much as Hereditary, mm-hmm. but I thought it was pretty effective in what it was trying to accomplish or, or what I feel like it was trying to accomplish. And, you know, just all like other, like other art films, uh, you know, like, a, you know, um, like Hereditary and Midsommar and, and other, you know, types of arty horror movies. Um, it's, uh, yeah, you, it's, it's definitely open to interpretation, but the, I mean, the, the thing that stands out the most is just, it's, it being a horror movie yet none of it really takes place at night, uh, which is, it is very bizarre Mm -hmm. for a horror movie. I mean, it's not necessarily where like every horror movie has to have like, you know, night scenes or has to take place all at night, but you look at like the most effective horror movies or not effective horror movies or just horror movies in general. And most of them take place at night. Right. They tend to prey on that very primal fear of the dark and the unknown. Right. Right. And, and uh, that's one thing that 
I I think was his one of his things going in. It wasn't. I don't think it was his number one goal to be like, hey, look, I'm going to make a really effective horror movie and it's going to be set in the daytime and that's going to be the number one thing. It's like, I'm going to scare the shit out of you, but it's going to be in the day. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I don't think that was his number one like idea going into the movie, uh, trying to trying to do with this, but it was uh, you know, an effective piece of the, you know, the overall um, you know, scope of scope of the movie. So, uh, yeah, that and, and the storyline, like, I mean, you seem to have a, you seem to have a better grasp a on, on, it. on yeah. what, uh, as we were watching the movie, you, you had a, a better idea as to where it was going. Mm-hmm. It had me guessing a lot right. more than you did. And that's, I think that ties into me, like, kind of turning off. The logic in my brain a mm. little bit when when I just like experiencing it right and plus there's not a whole lot of logic going on to begin with but uh, regardless yeah I I just kind of I do that um, from most of the time when I watch those kinds of movies mm-hmm. is because I want to let it just unfold right and, and just kind of experience it instead of like guessing at it um, not sure. not digging at any other person's you know uh, way to experience movies but mm-hmm. um, that's just kind of but yeah I'll I'll kind of you know pass it on to you uh-huh. to, to give your your thoughts on it so I, I remember in the immediacy after seeing it telling you like I don't think I'm disappointed necessarily but I don't know that I really liked it too terribly much sure like I, I got it. it it wasn't like it went over my head or like I didn't catch some of the symbolism or whatever that he was going for like I, I got it it's just one of those in the immediacy of it I wasn't it, I wasn't able to fully appreciate it I think because the more I thought about it the more I was like that was a damn good movie mm-hmm. um, I liked it more than Hereditary I think that if you look at it as like Hereditary is a better horror movie Right, it's scarier. Right, Midsommar is not without its scares, but it's not an out and out horror movie like like Hereditary was, or like you think of when you think of like a horror movie. Right, it's more like The Wicker Man, the Good Wicker Man from the seventies. Uh, yeah, on a really bad acid trip. <laughs> um, so. It's like I said, it's not really scary as such. It's definitely tense, particularly the first two thirds or so of the movie are super, super tense. Right. And it's definitely weird. The director himself mentioned to him it was kind of like the Wizard of Oz for perverts. Yeah. I think, I think that was his quote. At the time, I was like, that's just a funny thing to say. But now after seeing it, I'm like, Okay. <laughs> yeah, I uh, I mean, I, I went back and listened to that A24 podcast episode. And, and the one with him and Robert Eggers? Uh, yeah, yeah. And, and and I heard that and I was like, I guess that makes sense. But I would definitely have to kind of think about it. And probably rewatch Wizard of Oz yeah. uh, to kind of get that. Because I haven't seen that movie in a long-ass time. But I, I, I kind of dig what he was saying. One of the things that I really enjoyed about this movie, and, and Aster is really good at as a whole, is like his his transitions from shot to shot, or like his cuts. And I know I know he's got like an editor and everything. It's not all on him, so right. I should give him all the credit. But I, I should say that um, his team, so to speak, um, there was one transition where Danny runs into the bathroom of the apartment. Yeah. The camera goes like up and through the wall, and then it transitions to her 
in like the airplane bathroom. Right, but that it's was it's awesome. Yeah, it it's is so, so seamless. Yeah, yeah. so seamless that you don't you can't even tell that it it's, just like happens. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, I mean, like you can't tell that it's a an airport bathroom uh, or airplane, a, yeah. a, airplane ba- bathroom because. Um, uh, uh, until like it kind of gives you a different angle, and mm. you're and you clearly see that she's in an airplane right. bathroom. I thought that was awesome. Yeah. Um, one thing I noticed about it, or I guess, duh, one thing I noticed about it, there's this weird flip, which I mean, spoiler alert. Um, should have mentioned that off the top, but spoiler alert. At first, when the American characters get there, the cult seems really foreign and like other mm-hmm. right but there's this flip through the movie at a certain point in the movie where it's like man it kind of makes sense and then like the americans are othered and, sure. and they're like the strangers to us which is weird because for us at least in, in particular what i'm speaking of is like we're the american audience it shouldn't, it shouldn't be that way but it was really well done i thought um the I'm uh, sorry. I was just going to chime in real quick. I, I think uh, a lot of that has to do with the way that the script was written. Um, a, a really good example of, uh, of what I'm talking about with um, uh, how when when you say that, it, you know, it's kind of flipped, you know, mm-hmm. uh, midway through or, or whenever is uh, that um, the scene where the two elders uh, dive off of the the big cliff, mm-hmm. and they're calming those uh, the the two people. I, I, they're from London, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and they're trying to calm I them down. The names. Yeah, yeah. Uh, trying to let them know that it's all part of like the the midsummer the process. Circle of life. And yeah, that, yeah, yeah. And how they think they're crazy for for thinking that. Um, it's crazy to see these two people diving off of a cliff. Like they're choosing this and like, whereas in your culture, you just like ship them to a home or whatever to us. That's crazy. Right. Yeah. 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 So um, definitely. And it's, it's a really good sleight of hand because as you find out the characters, the American characters with the exception of Danny are all fucking awful. Yes. They're they, all awful. They, they are really fucking terrible. I yeah. mean, uh, you could make an argument that the, um, I, I really don't want to say the the black dude, um, but but he's writing his thesis on the yeah on, on them. Yeah. Um, yeah, he, he uh, aside from Danny, he's he's probably the least least uh, shittiest character. Mm-hmm. But I mean, so, they so they all int- have their moments. Yeah, it's interesting that you say that because basically, all I'm going to include Danny in my shit list. Okay, right to a lesser degree, and, and I want to put a pin in that because I want I have some thoughts on that as well. Um, but like they're all they're they're shitty to one another, mm-hmm. right? They're all shitty to Danny because they're they've basically told her boyfriend Christian like dump her for the last however long, right? And, and out of guilt, he feels like he should stay with her because it's something that happens that I don't want to spoil because it's one of the most powerful scenes in the movie, right? Uh, that happens to her, and it's just like that was like fucking uncomfortable as shit to watch. <laughs> it was one of the best like opening. Uh, openings to a movie for a horror movie at least that I've seen it was fucking uncomfortable uh, how come you don't want to spoil it I mean like we we always do spoilers that's true but I think for this one it's so impactful and it sets up the rest of the movie so well um, it would like be doing a disservice okay that's my opinion if if you want to talk about it I'm not going to stop I mean it's like I feel like 
we're, we're kind of on the same plane where, I mean, if we do talk about it, it would just be like, wasn't that so fucked up? It was fucked yeah, up. Yeah. Um, so go into that part blind, but the rest of the movie is like, and that sounds kind of intuitive, but some of the rest of the movie I'm fine with spoiling. Um, so they're, they're all shitty. The, the other character who, I can't remember his name, but he, he's, the, he's, what else was he in? Um, he was in that We're the Millers movie, I think it was, with, oh uh, yeah, he, he's, he's in that movie. He's, he's the, he's got, he's the kid with the eyebrows. That's how a lot of people um, on the internet were talking about. And I feel bad that I don't know his name. Right. Um, but he was probably the most shittiest, uh. You could make a case for that. I mean, it, 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 I, he he's like the the typical guy. If you want to stereotype his character as the guy who the goes overseas a, a, yeah. with the one hundred percent intentions of getting laid by some the Euro obnoxious trash. douche bro, yeah, right. Um, and he plays that role super well. The actor is super effective. Like everybody is good in this movie, right? Right. But his character, like, is he meets a very it's hard to say deserved because <laughs> he gets murdered and skinned, but kind of mm-hmm. deserved. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then the, the switch. So Danny, 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 man, it, I, I'm very torn on her story because on the one hand, it's like, it's all based on a lie, mm-hmm. but she does kind of find the family she's lost. Right. You know, so, I'm very torn. I think she's probably the least shitty up to a point, and then she she makes a strong play to be the most shitty by letting her fucking boyfriend die in a fire, literally. Um, but I think it's a better, like I said, I think it's a better movie than Hereditary was. I think it's a more realized movie than Hereditary was. There's supposed to be a director's cut floating around that's like 30 to 40 minutes longer, I think he was saying on that podcast okay. we talked about. I would be super into that, even though the movie's already like two hours and two and a half hours or two hours and 45 minutes, something like that. Sure. I thoroughly enjoyed it and would watch another half hour of it for sure. Yeah. Yeah. I would, uh, uh, I, I would definitely say the same. Um, I, I think the general consensus out of everyone who has seen Hereditary and then has seen Midsommar is that if you enjoyed Hereditary, then you will enjoy this. Uh, yeah, like it, I said, it's it's definitely not a horror movie in the same way that Hereditary was. There, right. There's some scary parts for sure, mm-hmm. but it's not the same sort of... Um, it doesn't have that same just like uncomfortable feeling that Hereditary had for the... like the, From the second the movie started, I was, it, something just felt off. One thing that it does do really effectively... I, I mean, it, it does a lot of things effectively, but one thing that I, uh, I thought it did really well is... I mean... They're basically from from the time they step onto you know soil in uh, what, Sweden. It's uh, it's set in Sweden. Yeah, yeah. Um, they they're basically under some kind of psychotropic substances, whether it's yeah. mushrooms or poison tea. That uh, that's basically mushroom tea. Right. Yeah. Um, and they uh, the whoever edited or did the the special effects um, did a really good job of kind of mixing in this wavy looking you know 
Uh, yeah. I've never done acid or mushrooms or any psychotropics, but but it seems like people, this would. Well, I've heard from people that have. They're like, yeah, that's pretty much what it's like. Right. Yeah. Um, I, and I I assume that that was kind of the intent. Right. Of of it, this effect. Of it's everything just supposed ha- to be disconcerting. Right. And, and it works. It's really effective. Right. Um, I, I especially agree, so. with uh, especially the dinner scenes or the mm-hmm. lunch scene. I mean, you know, it's it's all in you know broad daylight for the most part, but the uh, you know you're like looking at this mystery meat and you don't know what the fuck it is. Uh, and it's like I, moving. Right. And, and blinking. You're just, <laughs> right. And you're just like, like not only is it weird that, you know, the picture is wavy, but like you see this meat that's, you know, the centerpiece of, you know, their meal. And it's also wavy and you don't know what this meat is, mm. <laughs> like what animal it came from. Right. One last thing I want to mention about the movie that caught me really off guard is how fucking funny it is. Okay. I, cause like even, even like the most shocking horror movie, like comedy is a part of life. So it's basically any, any movie you watch is going to have something funny about it. Even mm-hmm. if it's just like one line in the movie, that's like, huh, you know, this movie is like, it's it's basically a I view it as like a dark comedy more than anything, and there are parts of it that like I I got that some of it was intentionally funny like comic relief right some of it was just more like nervous uncomfortable laughter. Mm-hmm. There's one scene with Christian um, that the whole theater was laughing and not in like a oh my god that's so funny way, but in a more like holy shit is this happening kind of way right. Um, so I thought that was really cool. Like I said, it's 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 a much different movie than Hereditary. It's not scary. <laughs> as scary as hereditary was in a lot of ways but it, it does have some moments it's very tense mm-hmm. um, I, I enjoyed it a lot and I'm, I'm looking forward to hopefully uh, Ari Aster gets a break on that podcast he said that he basically worked for like two and a half years straight For he went right from hereditary before yeah. the, before it even released started on pre-production for this so hopefully right. he gets a well-deserved break uh, but I'm looking forward to, to, to whatever he decides to do next yeah for sure but uh, it's yeah. kind of now that we've rambled on about that <laughs> Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, uh, we can dive into uh, the the art of uh, self defense. Yeah. Yeah. Which wasn't a hundred percent a black comedy. Uh. Oh yeah. Yeah. For sure, it was. Mm-hmm. It. Uh. It was very effective in in achieving that goal. Uh, we we both left the theater like. That uh, we we weren't ex- sure what to expect. Like we right. we didn't put too much thought into going to see this movie. That was kind like, of one of those like, hey, do you want to go to the movies? Yeah, what's playing? Right. Yeah, yeah. It, it was one of those, and like we we almost made up our minds like on our way there. Like pretty I mean, much. Yeah. Like we we were like you know there was there's a couple movies playing that we were sort of kind of interested in seeing, and you know as I was on my way to your place, like you know I. I mentioned that and you were like oh, fuck it let's go see that yeah and like I, I, you I texted it to me I watched the trailer on my phone I was like yeah fuck it looks funny yeah and I don't think either of us had like uh, super high expectations you know not, not see, really. see Jesse Eisenberg um, mm. but uh, he, he was great he was great This, and I, I said this and we were talking about it like this is a role very suited to him mm-hmm. um, and I hate to typecast anybody but like right this role was like perfect for him yeah this is one of the funniest movies I've seen in a long time. Yeah. And, but I'm, I'm very much into like satire and dark humor and stuff mm-hmm. like that. So like it's, it's very much in my lane, so to speak. Yeah. So if you like, uh, uh, I, I was going to name like Death to Smoochie, but I feel like that's a, a darker black comedy that not a whole lot of people have seen. It's a good movie though. But I mean, the people that do enjoy dark mm-hmm. black comedies, if you haven't seen it, you should check mm-hmm. that out too. 
but you know, if you just generally enjoy you know dark comedies, mm-hmm. then you'll definitely like this. So Eisenberg basically, and again, spoilers. We're getting getting to them a little sooner this time. So Eisenberg plays an accountant who's basically like a geek, a loser. Mm-hmm. Um, doesn't stick up for himself. Doesn't stick up for himself. Just the movie opens up with these uh, this French couple making fun of him in French, and then he doesn't do anything about it. He gets in his car, turns it on, and he's like finishing up a full blown like on. It's like CD. less than twenty five. Right. Of yeah. French. Right. Yeah. <laughs> learning French, and you. He's ser- basically fluent. At yeah. This like point. yeah, and the next scene, you like find out that is it's his dream to go to France. Right. Um, he ends up getting robbed by these bikers. Um, and and fucked up pretty good, so he's out of work, and he sees some. I can't remember exactly how this. He, he ends up like going to to buy a gun, right, for yeah. protection. And then of course they have the. That's a really funny scene where the guy, one of the lines that cracked right. me up. He's like, "Did you know that if you have children in the home, the rate the the odds of them dying by gunshot goes <laughs> sky high? But you don't have kids, so you got to worry about that <laughs> bullshit." <laughs> Yeah, that that dude, like he, uh, he, he was he deserves, fucking great, right? Yeah, because he didn't have just that one scene. Like, I mean, he just had like the the phone that call, and the phone call, but he uh, killed it. Right, every yeah. line was so fucking funny. That he right, uh, yeah. I, I mean, I can't. It, it was so good. It was one of those instances where you can't really recall so much because he had so many good. Right, like lines. literally, it was just like banger Boom. after banger after banger. Right. Um. Anyway, I, I can't remember exactly, but he has to wait for his background check before he can get the get the gun. Right, so and he's he, like walking home. Basically. That's right, he's walking home. And he walks by he the walks dojo. He walks by the karate dojo, yeah, yeah. And he ends up joining. Um, it's not like... You're going to see everything coming. Yeah. Right? Like, yeah, there's no twists or turns. It's very straightforward, but that's fine. Like, right. not everything has to be, like, cerebral or, or trying too hard. It's just like a really, really funny satire. Mm-hmm. I saw some people compare it to Fight Club, which I, I don't. I mean, there's karate and there was fighting in Fight Club, but they're both satires. But like, they didn't, they didn't really strike any of the same satirical beats to me. I mean, other, other than I mean, it's I guess some you of the could, discussion on like masculinity, I guess, sure, but, but in, in a very different ways. Yeah, uh, I mean, you could draw a few comparisons, but I mean, uh, just like you were saying. This is, um, you know, most of the story is telegraphed. Like you, mm-hmm. you see a lot of stuff coming with Fight Club. That was the whole thing. Is you're not There's supposed to, right? Yeah, yeah, there was the twist was Tyler Durden is you know the narrator. Mm-hmm. Um, they're one and the same. <laughs> Spoiler alert for a twenty year old movie, <laughs> right? Which that's coming soon. Yeah, we'll get there. Yeah, we'll we'll be doing an episode next mm-hmm. month on on Fight Club, which I'm super fucking excited about. Mm-hmm. Since the day I started this podcast, I have been You've looking been counting forward. down to the twentieth anniversary. Well, I mean, not the twentieth anniversary, but necessarily, but like the opportune moment to do an episode because I wanted to do it right. I wanted to make sure that I had the right people uh, guesting on it. Well, joke's on you because you don't. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, there's always, you know, four more weeks to get my affairs you, you in order. You have no other friends. Yeah. Well, uh, you are painfully right I on know. that. It's terrible. <laughs> but uh, it's a very funny movie with a shocking ending that, again, it's not like out of left field. I will say that that was probably my favorite my favorite part of the movie and I was the only fucking person that laughed for like 30 seconds and I I was letting out like a huge fucking horse laugh right and everybody else is just kind of like oh whoa he did that shit and I was like ah just like a fucking asshole in this theater 
with like eight other people that are like this fat fucking dipshit over here. There's nothing funny about that. And then they started laughing too. I was like, yeah, there's something funny about that you fucking asshole. <laughs> right. <laughs> it's a black comedy. You're supposed to laugh at the dark shit. Right? Yeah. That's the whole point. Um, I think this is this is definitely an indie movie. I think it kind of came and went. I don't yeah. know how it did in terms of like box office or anything, but it, it doesn't matter because I'm sure it wasn't a huge like. I'm think... definitely buying this shit on uh, Blu-ray oh my God, yeah. whenever it comes yeah, out. I cannot recommend this movie enough. If you're into like satire and dark humor at all, this movie is fucking great. Yeah, this is this is like a, a really good movie for uh, like any kind of mood too. Yeah. Like I, I I can't imagine uh, too many instances where you couldn't be in the mood to watch this movie um it's so it's like uh, it, it, it's funny you um uh, draw uh, uh, you mentioned someone drawing a parallel uh, between this and fight club like i saw I thought, a lot of people doing that i thought it was more like a violent version of napoleon dynamite i could see that um, it, it's definitely just, that same kind of like dry awkward humor right yeah. but yeah imagine napoleon dynamite but um you know, more violent, mm-hmm. a little bit more dark humor, um, with more swearing, because uh, there really wasn't any swearing in in Napoleon Dynamite, and it's all centric on Rex Quando. Yeah, <laughs> like like oh just, my god, <laughs> just imagine like a Rex Quando spinoff. Yeah, uh, but he's less ridiculous. Um, well, I, I mean, ridiculous, but in a different light. Yeah, like he, he doesn't have the American flag parachute pants. <laughs> Unfortunately, no. That is the one fault with this movie is there's right. no American flag parachute pants. Yeah. Although the sensei's rainbow belt is one of the funniest fucking oh. things. When he gets in the fucking black belt. <laughs> and he's like, I can't believe you had this printed for me. <laughs> <laughs> he comes yeah. in with like a box full of... Uh, like of leather speci- belts. Right. Specialty made leather belts and they're all in you know the, the same colors. Right. But- so like white, yellow, green, blue... On up to black. Yeah. It's like, I wanted to wear my yellow belt all the time because it makes me feel good. So I had this made. And then he pulls out this huge box. He's like, unfortunately, I couldn't order just one. So I thought, I'll help the dojo. And so he pulls out, it's like fucking 150 belts of different colors. Right. And the fucking sensei basically starts like weeping that he's got a black belt that he can wear. And what's he say? He's like, I can wear this anywhere. Like, it doesn't right. just have to be in the dojo. Right. No, I'm like, motherfucker, you can get that at Walmart. Right. That's like an $8 belt anywhere. Right. Uh, yeah. So that was, I, I think that. As far as scenes that stand out, that that's one of those scenes yeah. that just had me rolling. Now, again, it is a dark comedy, so it goes to some pretty uncomfortable places. Sure. But it's done in a comedic way. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not like a soul... It's not like watching um, Requiem for a Dream. Oh, yeah. Right? Ash to Ash. Yeah. It, it's still... It's played... It's still ultimately a comedy, right? Right. Above all, so it and it, it works. It's hysterical, and I cannot recommend it enough. I almost wanted to go back and see it a second time, but right. I could not find it playing. So I think we kind of lucked out and saw it the last weekend. It was in theaters or pretty close to it. No, we saw it on on opening. Uh, oh, did we opening weekend? <laughs> well, I'm a fucking idiot. So. <laughs> no, I'm, but I mean, you're you're not wrong. Like it, we, I mean, we saw it. Uh, we saw it on a Saturday it, night. It, it was I pretty think. much you know a limited engagement kind right. of thing like and again it was an indie indie movie so smaller studio smaller yeah, budget it did come out of window. nowhere though mm-hmm. like i saw the trailer for it maybe 2 days before uh, i i recommended we we go see it mm-hmm. um so so yeah it, it definitely came and went but yeah if if it's not still in theaters and you're definitely interested in seeing it 
I would. I'm sure it will be on uh, digital and uh, on disc before too long. Right. Yeah. I'm. I'm sure probably come September. Or so. You got any final thoughts on it? Um. No. I. Okay. I, I definitely uh, echo pretty much everything that you say. Uh, recommend it wholeheartedly. Well. All right, so I think that'll about do it. Um, a couple of quick things. First, we have shit that doesn't suck. David, you got anything? Uh, you been, you oh, yeah, I rewatched Mindhunter. Okay, right um, Yes, uh, of, of course. Uh, for, for those of you that don't know, uh, uh, Mindhunter, of course, was review, uh, renewed for a second season. The second season is coming out, I believe, uh, this, I think it's the 16th, I want to say. August the 16th. Um, and it's, it's here pretty soon. Yeah, you know? yeah, very soon. Um, this upcoming week, I believe. And I'm super excited. If you're not familiar with the story, it's uh, well, it's on Netflix, so you can check it out. Um, for anyone that's interested at all in true crime, you will dig the shit out of it. If you're interested in David Fincher films or, or uh, TV, I don't know if Fincher has done much TV other than Mindhunter, but if you like David Fincher movies. Um, of the the true crime sort, like Zodiac or, or you know uh, Fight Club, it's not true crime, but you know it's there's violence. Um, so yeah, I, I rewatched that, and uh, I just because I I wanted to have it fresh in my mind, and yeah, it's it's definitely great. So I, I won't spoil any of it if you have not checked it out yet. So yeah, if uh, uh, if you haven't, I suggest you do uh, uh, to get ready for the second season. Right on. Um, mine is going to kind of be a little bit of a teaser for our next episode. Hmm. Um, I went back and watched a lot of this director's dis- uh, filmography. Mm-hmm. It's a discography, but it's a filmography. <laughs> yes. Um, so the next movie we're going to do is Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, the new Quentin Tarantino film. Yes. I went back and watched. I didn't watch all of his filmography, uh, I didn't have time, honestly, and there were too many other things. There's too many things that I want to see that are competing for my time, uh, which is already limited. So I went back and I rewatched Reservoir Dogs, uh, Jackie Brown, and Inglorious Bastards, which Jackie Brown and Inglorious Bastards, and I watched Pulp Fiction a couple of months ago, so I guess we can count that too. So I watched four of his movies. Um, Jackie Brown and Inglorious Bastards were my 1A and 1B. And I have a tough decision to come to next week because Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, to prep for that, it unseated at least one of those. Yeah. So um, I went back and watched all those. Reservoir Dogs has some very uncomfortable parts in it, as does Pulp Fiction. (laughs) Um, And I think anybody who's seen those movies probably knows exactly what I'm talking about. Yes. I don't want to give him a pass for any of that. But at the same time, everybody who's seeing those things are terrible people. So it's kind of one of those things where it's like... Uh, he's not really condoning it necessarily, I guess. It's complicated, and I'm not. I'm definitely not the person to talk about it. But right, um, just kind of be warned. It's a it's a movie about criminals. Uh, but I'm a big Tarantino fan. Uh, we'll talk more about this on the next podcast. But I rewatched some of his movies, and we'll talk about Once Upon a Time in Hollywood on the next one. So yeah, I'm looking forward to that for sure. Anyway, any final thoughts? Um, no. Uh, I mean, I uh, I really enjoyed both movies that we that we talked about for sure uh i i think the 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 main difference between you and i uh, mainly when it comes to to midsummer or midsummer however you want to say it is um that was another weird thing is like everyone in the movie said midsummer but like the you director said, said it, midsummer yeah but yeah. midsummer so i wonder if that was like an artistic choice for i was wondering that or if maybe it was like a uh 
something to do with like translation and pronunciation yeah. from, from the Swedish and maybe um, actors. It, it, it's irrelevant. I don't know, but uh, yeah, the the only thing uh, that I uh, the only difference between you and I is I, I I think Hereditary is is probably my favorite of his of his two films. It's okay to be wrong. <laughs> um, I. It, I just uh, not really for any particular reason. I, I don't think it, it's not in in a light of it was more effective in, in in its ability to be a horror movie or anything like that. It's just the the enjoyment I derived from it. Um, okay. I, I enjoyed Hereditary a little bit more. It fucked me up more, so I think that's fair. I mean, it can be more effective in that way. That's fine. Yeah. So yeah, yeah that's that's pretty much the only thing I'll. Reiterate. All right, so uh, one last thing, and then we'll get out of here. We'll put this episode in the books. Uh, I just want to give a quick shout-out and a rest in peace to Mr. Rutger Hauer. Who oh, yes. passed away a couple of weeks ago now. Rest in peace, Rutger. You were you was a real one. He was a real one. Um, tremendous actor, very underrated. Of course, everybody remembers the Blade Runner scene. Right. Which, I mean, for good reason. But he was in a lot of other stuff. Some of it highbrow, some of it lowbrow. All of it great because of his performances. So you were um, you were tremendous ma- talent, majestic as fuck, riding on that horse in Lady Hawk. No, sure, okay, but yeah, so trem- tremendous loss there, and uh, you know, rest easy. Other than that, um, watch more movies. I guess that seems fitting to have yeah. a podcast with. For sure, so, yeah, that's right. good. See you next time. See ya.